Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pastoral Thoughts Podcast. This is your host, Jack Young, and in studio today is my father, Pastor Tim Young. And then also, this is Veterans Day, and we have Pastor and Veteran Kirk Delaney with us. Amen. We have uh, picked a topic. We talk about very many different things, but we've picked the topic. How did the folks in the Old Testament get saved? How did they come to salvation? How do they get eternal life? Uh, but first, I'm going to ask Kirk Delaney, since he's a veteran, he's got the inside scoop, I think, since he's part of the um, armed forces before, who, who's going to win the election? It's not yet determined. Oh, well, Trump's going to win it. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, we got that settled. I didn't need to ask any <laughs> other questions about that. Uh, and I do, <laughs> I, I do uh, agree, I think. I mean, I, that's what my hope so is, and uh, if if um, we uh, we pray hard enough and the courts make the right decision, then there is a fair uh, election. I think that we'll be in good ground, and I am yeah. thankful for the last four years of our president and just uh, the um, abortions that he stopped abroad. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, our religious liberty that he has held up uh, Christian values in many different That's ways great. and just had freedom. Uh, we've had freedom to worship and, and uh, exercise our faith. And so we are thankful for him and uh, prayerful going forward. So here's, you know, the Lord Jesus came 2,000 years ago and uh, lived the perfect life, perfect in accordance to the law. He fulfilled every jot and every tittle. And then he died on the cross, offered himself up as perfect sacrifice for our sins, uh, died, shed his blood, uh, his blood was made atonement, washed away our sins, offered up by his eternal spirit for the throne of God, uh, for our sins, he's buried, rose again, and uh, now we're preaching the gospel to every creature. Amen. And so First, first Corinthians chapter number 15 talks about the, the gospel was preached unto you, death, burial, and resurrection of the, of the Lord. He died according to the scriptures, buried, and he rose again. Amen. But uh, the folks in the Old Testament, they didn't, they didn't understand that whole gospel, did they? No, of course they didn't. That's, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think the, the one thing we get, we get uh, too fixed on is the crucifixion, where Peter, if you notice in Acts, he always preaches about the resurrection about two times more. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the, the how many people resurrected on their own, but the streets were lined up in in Judea with people being crucified. Mm -hmm. So the crucifixion is is common, right? The resurrection, yeah. Death is, is common. Everybody yeah. dies. But Everybody that, dies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this uh, with the resurrection, I mean, that's just you know, even Lazarus even getting up, he had to. Christ brought him up. Yes. Because he's the resurrection. Yes. It's a whole different ballgame there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so how did, they, how did they get saved in the Old Testament? How did a person get? Well, they got saved by faith. Faith, uh, I mean, what the, you'll notice that only faith is mentioned only twice in the Old Testament. But you have to understand something. Uh, who's going to be reading it? Oh, here's what you have to do. Well, who's going to read that? I mean, when, when did you see in the Bible where a lost man searches for God? He doesn't right. search after There's God. There's no man that seeks no. after God. They've so all he, turned aside. Yeah, so we'll have to be drawn. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I would understand the gospel plan to be told and redemption's plan to start in 
Genesis chapter number three, right after the fall, Genesis 3.15. Mm-hmm. And Genesis 3.15 here, I have it somewhere in my notes. And um, so it says, And I will put enmity between thee, Satan, the serpent, and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So right in Genesis 3.15, I would see two groups of people. Um, thy seed and her seed. I would see uh, believers and unbelievers. And then right there, I would also see a demonstration of grace because Adam um, should have been justifiably uh, slain for his sin and died for his sin right there. But instead, uh, there was a lamb slain by God. We're assuming it was a lamb. And he's clothed in the skins right there. It would be... um, Illustrated there, a plan of salvation. Amen. Well, I want, uh, you know, Pastor Jack, uh, I was, I used to believe in Old Testament salvation. I, you know, kind of, I got caught up in that. I I will say that, you know, um, you can get caught up in things uh, by reading the Bible through somebody else's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I did that for years. And then I started getting challenged uh, in my own Bible studies and, you know, uh, bringing it up to the Lord and it just didn't sit right. And there were just verses that would just come out and they'd say that that's, and I would sit there and that can't be right. And, uh, and then one day I'm reading through the Bible and all of a sudden the Lord catches me on how readest thou, mm-hmm. how are you reading this book? Cause I was, I was reading it through another man's eyes, I, uh, uh, through commentaries and other people's eyes. And I started to go, well, wait a second. Uh, let me look at this just as the Bible sits. And if you put it together just as the Bible sits, like a lawyer would yeah. do, he puts it together. Yeah. Okay. And when I started to put it together like like that, I said, well, it can't be, it has to be by faith. It has right. to. I mean, who's going to, what is somebody, if it's something you can do, I don't, if it's, because it, they always say faith in works. But if there's something you can do, what in the end, if, does works follow faith? Well, yes. Well, then, then it's works because that's the finishing mode. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's no different than we would get upset with somebody who's a Church of Christ at baptism. That's a work at the end, and that's the fulfillment. So they trust in the water. Well, if they're after their faith, if works comes, it works would be the the final piece. That would be more. There would be more glory in the works than there is in the Christ, right? Or in the Lord. Right. You know, even in the Old Testament. And I noticed that which guy's going to get up in front of the Lord at the great, at the, uh, at well, that we'll meet in heaven, that's saved. I, I want to see that guy that gets up and says, well, look what I did. Yeah, what I accomplished. Yeah, look what I did, because that's what and, he'll and, do. And obviously in Scripture, and I think in Romans chapter number four, that there you cannot boast in your own works. Abraham couldn't boast in his works. And I, I would understand Abraham's works and uh, to be actually the imputation of the righteousness of Christ, which is telling he believed God and was mm-hmm. counted, imputed unto him for righteousness. And anytime you see the saints covering of righteousness, that is the righteousness of God. So Amen. because of inward faith, there's outward righteousness. And so there's a demonstration of what's going on. Uh, so you, you thought that, you know, in the Old Testament, they were saved by works because of someone else's um, superstructure. Yes. Right. You're just looking. It's, it's uh, a few things come to mind. One is if you're talking to a Calvinist, they'll say, well, then you're an Arminian. I say, well, no, I'm a Biblicist. I just take the Bible at face value. I'm not an ism or an ist. That's right. Uh, I'm a, 
other than a biblicist. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. Uh, and then, you ever witnessed to a Mormon? Yes. You ever ask a Mormon if they read their Bible? Of course. Uh, and usually what they say is, I read the Bible every day. Mormons are told to read the Bible every day. Mm-hmm. Well, how come they can't come to salvation? How about Jehovah's Witness? Do they know Scripture? Unfortunately, they know it a lot better than a lot of people sitting but, in our Baptist yeah, I think churches. That's what uh, Brother Delaney just made mention, the fact reading it through somebody else's eyes, mm-hmm. Joe Smith or whatever and that. But, you know, to me, I think what, we, what we've done that's been somewhat destructive as far as understanding the Bible is dividing the Bible even in the matter of what we call Old Testament and New Testament. There's one page in everybody's Bible that is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's found right after Malachi. (laughs) And what it does, it's man put Mm -hmm. it in there, it says the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is we look back at the Old Testament, but if you think about it, in Galatians, the third chapter, the Bible says God preached the gospel to Abraham. Mm -hmm. What was it, another gospel? I don't think so. I think it was a picture or obviously what was going to take place. And he saw his day and was glad, right. Jesus said. Right. So, yes, I think by faith, they look forward that God would send the perfect sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so just as we look back, we never, we didn't see Jesus on the cross. Um, and we what we do is we believe by faith what the Word of God says, and they by faith believe what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said... You look there for eternal life, but it's they which speak of me. Right. And, and I got one for you guys. Um, of course, uh, you know, a certain group loves, if I had a dollar for every time they said rightly dividing, I would be a you know, multi-multi-millionaire. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when rightly dividing, when you said rightly divide the word of God, uh, there was no New Testament written. There's no New Testament canon of Scripture. Uh, Paul says to Timothy there, when he says rightly dividing, he said, uh, and he said, the faith that was in thee and in thy mother Eunice and thy grandmother Lois or Lois, Lois. and Eunice. Yeah, Lo- Lois and Eunice. The, yeah. And the faith that is in thee also. So they had one thing in common, that faith. Uh, but then he said, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, Old Testament, that are able to make thee wise by faith unto salvation. And so the New Testament, so 75% of your King James Bible is Old Testament, and then um, like about 25% is the New Testament, and then 50% of the New Testament is quotes from the Old Testament. So really about 88% of the book that you hold in your hands is Old Testament, if we're going to use that Old Testament, New Testament. So Yeah, that's where, that's where yeah, we that's, fail because when it talks about all Scripture, mm-hmm. now we have the full canon from Genesis to Revelation, it should be looked at in completion rather than, well, we're not Old Testament. What do you mean we're not? <laughs> and yes, and so you take, um, you know, the word dispensations in Scripture four times. Mm-hmm. Dispensations is not in Scripture. There's no S. You got to be wary when people add a letter onto something. Get that snake pit thing or, to it, or, right? Or ism. Yeah. Ism. So there's, there's not dispensations in Scripture. There's not dispensationalism in Scripture. Isms are always man-made things. Yes. Uh, and so from my understanding of dispensation in, in Scripture, it's where God dispenses his word. More, more truth. But yeah. you're always born again by faith in the word of God. Whatever word you were given. Obviously, we know more about the gospel today after the fact than they did beforehand. But think of Job. 
the oldest book in the Bible, he said there, but I know that my, my Redeemer. Redeemer liveth. Mm-hmm. He knew that he had a Savior that would redeem him. Yeah. Could he articulate that Christ is going to hang on a cross and then be buried and rise again three days later? No, I do not believe that. I don't believe he knew that, but he had faith in what he knew. Mm-hmm. And that plan of salvation was given from his ancestors, uh, Adam and Eve, Genesis 3.15, and then passed down uh, to all those that believed. But when you when you think of the um, fact of in the in obviously before Christ coming to this earth, they look forward to it, obviously, that he was the redeemer that was coming, Isaiah the 53rd chapter and so forth, his suffering. Um, they look forward to it. And they faded away, and a lot of them obviously left the Lord, constructed their own religion, basically. That's why they, they attacked the Lord Jesus Christ. But 2,000 years after Christ coming to this earth, we're anticipating his second coming. But look what lack of effect it has on Christian living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so, we, so there's we, many, many today that name condemn, the name of Christ. Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. condemn the people that lived prior to Christ, saying, how could they do that? How could they do that? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is how could we live the way we're living, knowing he's coming again? And that promise of his coming. So uh, it certainly is a, a challenge to us. So what was the sacrificial system for? Worship. And even make sure you know that in Leviticus. Uh, now in the law, it said this do and live. Mm-hmm. It does say that. Yeah. This do and live. Where? It says, See, what you're going to find is... Well, you know what? Jesus says that in John 5, too. He says, um, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Well, this is doing you live. <laughs> you can't do it. Amen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine putting 16, 613 uh, laws on or commandments on somebody and say, hey, go ahead and do this. How you doing with that? And, you know, like when you get to the point of like the rich young ruler, okay, and that's where people will go and, you know, because he asked Jesus, how do I get eternal life? And he turns around and Jesus says, you know the commandments. And then he says, there's two different places. One, you know the commandments. The other one, do the commandments. Now, he makes sure the commandments he gives them are obviously the commandments man against man, this, uh, you know, breaking law against man, because that's what he repeats to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the guy doesn't get the first four, you know, where that mounts to everything. Yeah. And he turns around, he says, sell everything you got and, and come and follow me. It's not the physicalness of selling everything you got. Can't you get this through your head? It's right. about where's your heart, son? Right. Where's your heart in this matter? And uh, like if I was to turn around, how, hey, how the, how the commandments working for you? Come on, do the commandments. How are they working for you? Have you kept one? How many of you have kept yeah. the commandment? I haven't. And in, in, in James chapter number two, which is written to the 12, just for everyone listening, they were written to the 12 tribes, which were scattered abroad greeting you know um boy we got into that a few times didn't we yeah and so uh james chapter number two it says that if you offend in one point of the law you're guilty of the whole yes thing and um which brings us to the salvation of abraham because anyone who believes is um is in abraham's spiritual lineage so we're children of the faith children of the faithful and it talks about Abraham's salvation in Romans chapter number four. And what would you say to the argument that, well, Romans four was written after the fact? 
Therefore, it wasn't true in the Old Testament. I used to use that argument. Okay. Okay, the argument I used to use was, what, what, what was the Old Testament guy supposed to do? Wait till Paul came along? <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't true until Paul wrote it, right? But Paul's, you know, Paul's trying to, well, Paul went to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, and he, was, he has those areas where he's talking about it. But he, I mean, the part where he turns around and says, uh, uh, it would be out of debt. You know, he would have had to, you know, if it was works that could do it, it would be out of debt. God would have had to say, I have to give you salvation because you earned it now. And uh, and when you and then when he clears that up and with Abraham, he says, it's not of debt, but of faith. So, of course, the next argument is, and I used to use it, mm-hmm. was, well, wait a second, he's before the law. And they were trusting in the shed blood of an animal. Okay, because that's where they're going to go with that. The shed blood, they were trusting on the shed blood of an animal. But then if you go into ex- then you go into Exodus and the Lord's trying to show them right from right after he institutes everything, the first thing he's going to he makes sure they understand with this is, "Hey, wait a second. After all this, just meet me at the door." Wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Where's your at? Where's your sacrifice? Where's this blood? Where's this No, no, meet me at the door. And you'll know who I am. Well, if they got into all this religion and never realized how exceedingly sinful they are, because that's what the that's what the religion would do for you, they would have met him at the door. When he showed up, all those years later, they say, hey, you're the Christ. But there was mm-hmm. only a few guys standing there saying, you're the Christ. Nathaniel, you're the Christ. Mm-hmm. You're the Christ. Christ, the son of the living God. Why? They were looking and, for him. And Anna, <laughs> Anna and Simeon, both, yes. Old Te- we just call them Old Testament saints, that they they said my eyes have seen the Lord's salvation. Yes, they were looking for the Redeemer. They were looking for the uh, salvation of Israel, and um, so so James, you know, he writes to twelve tribes, right, scattered abroad. Amen. We can talk about um, spiritual Israel. You know, we're grafted into that Jewish vine, Romans chapter number nine. But James chapter number two it talks about Abraham's salvation. So Paul says in Romans four. That it was by faith. He says in Galatians 3, it was by faith. He had the gospel preached unto him. Uh, but then in James, James looks like he contradicts Paul when he's writing to those um, Jewish scattered Christians. In James chapter number 2, it says that Abraham was justified by works. What in the world is James talking about there? Which is it? Is, it, is Paul right or is James right? Well, uh, yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> it was a demonstration of his faith. That's all. Amen. There you go. It was a demonstration that he was a believer by virtue of what he did. He obeyed God. He went to a land that he'd never seen before and was led of the Lord. That was by faith. Mm-hmm. As Hebrews the eleven chapter. And so, if you believe something, it'll change your behavior. Exactly. Um, here's how. I, well, James would call it the Proverbs of the New Testament, and Proverbs is um, our be, speaks to our behavior with their fellow man. So James is talking about how Christianity looks outwardly. He's not talking about the heart. He's talking about the manifestation of what's in the heart. Mm-hmm. I would so we just went to a restaurant, and um, we just came from a restaurant. Yeah, it was good. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, yeah, the Atlantic uh, here in Webster, New York. And uh, so hopefully we maintained our Christian testimony somewhat. Um, I don't think too many people heard us talking, you know. But uh, well, we prayed before the meal. So praying before the meal, does that save you? No. Of course not. <laughs> but if you're saved, 
I think one of the outward manifestations of being saved is praying before a meal. Yeah. I've been in a restaurant, looked across, seen someone pray, and like got up to walk past, say, hey, thanks for praying for your food. You know, you guys, believers, oh, where do you go to church? And, you know, and, and I'll have a little bit of Christian fellowship with them momentarily. Um, and I made that judgment. I bet those people are saved over there. They just prayed before their meal. Um, sometimes, like a parent, you know, they're... Their kids grow up in church. So at some point at a youth camp or whatever, they go forward, they make a profession for Christ, we baptize them. But then the parent comes later rejoicing, and they say, I looked in Johnny's room, and he was reading his Bible, and I didn't even make him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know right. they're, so they're rejoicing in the outward manifestation of an inward belief. And that's what I believe that uh, would be talked about there in James. It's kind of like, he, if you look at Hebrews chapter number 10, and we could go through Hebrews chapter number 10 and talk about the salvation, the blood of Jesus Christ, that everlasting uh, covenant that uh, purchased the saints' salvation. Then it talks about in Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith, by faith, so-and-so did such-and-such. So because of faith, Noah had an ark, Abel had an offering, Moses, seeing him who was invisible, uh, you know, he forsook the riches that were in Egypt, considering who? Christ. Christ. Greater riches than everything that was in Egypt. Yeah. So, yep. so the Old Testament saints, I mean, repeatedly, what we try to do is bifurcate the Bible. Uh, and we, as uh, Brother Delaney had made mention of, we've looked at it through other people's eyes, or people have, and they have that framework or that superstructure. So when they go in the Bible, that's all they think. It's like a Mormon reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. You can look at the same verse a Mormon does and uh, or Jehovah's Witness. And you say, you know, what do you think about it? And boy, they'll go off on one of their doctrines. Mm -hmm. And you think, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's read the whole chapter then because it's being taken out of context. And I think people have taken salvation out of context to get to a place. Now, I guess my greatest displeasure with that idea of different types of salvation is saying that Jesus was not enough mm -hmm. or that he wasn't that important in what's called the Old Testament. And mm -hmm. that's a real tragedy to me. How could they say, I'm good enough? As Brother Delaney made mention, stand before the Lord and say, well, I did my own work, thank you very much, but I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so we could ask, ask this question, the just shall live by faith. Romans one seventeen, right? Okay. But where else? Old Testament, right? Hag yeah. Haggai? Is it Haggai or Habakkuk? Habakkuk, one of the Habakkuk one of the two. two Habakkuk. Four. Okay, Habakkuk 2.4. Yeah. Um, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes. Zephaniah? Uh, in there somewhere. Yeah, something like oh, that. Old Testament. Uh, but all the salvation verses that we use, a lot of times we turn right to the New Testament, um, the, they're quoted the Lord, yeah. from the Old Testament. And a lot of times what we don't think about it also as well, X, you know, X, um, the first 33 years of Christian history, those folks were not preaching the gospel out of John 3.16 because it wasn't there yet. Right. They were preaching the gospel out of the Old Testament. And yep. it did not hinder them one bit. So my problem with saying that in the Old Testament they were saved by works when um, there's three. There's three ways to take away from the Bible. You add to it, or you redefine terms so they don't mean what they really mean, 
or you take away from it. So I think that if you say, well, this, this portion wasn't meant for you or this, this isn't for now, this is for later, um, you're taking a great portion of the Scripture away from people. Where in, where in the book of Acts, they're preaching a gospel from the Old Testament. And they, and they got it clear. And they got it clear. And, and so I, th- I think they would take away from the gospel today, in this present, if you will, dispensation, we're diluting the gospel by taking away the Old Testament uh, from the gospel message that we preach. Yeah. Okay. I, I look at it a little different how they were saved. I mean, just as a, in a modern way to look at it, somebody would uh, catch it. I look at it like... In the Old Testament, it's kind of like you, you had a credit card. You go and you buy things on credit, mm-hmm. and uh, it's your stuff. You take it home, but you didn't buy it yet. You didn't pay for it. You yet. didn't pay for it yet, and uh, and that's how we, they basically were saved in the Old Testament. And then he paid for it, and it, it, for by the faith Testament they used thing. the credit card. Yeah, it'll be paid for. Yeah, it'll be paid for someday. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> uh, it, it's just odd. You find a guy like a polish. Mm-hmm. who's searching for the Messiah, mm-hmm. and they say he only knew the baptism of John. I don't think he was hanging around with John. I just think that's what he knew by reading the Bible, and that's how Paul recognized it in his letter. Hey, that's a baptism of John. What's that mean? He's already believing, and they're trying to separate people to have uh, their own, like mm-hmm. Christ said, I want our own priest, our own priestship. In the beginning, it was supposed to be everybody. I want a kingdom of priests on Exodus 19. And then when that, and then it was the firstborn, because that's why Dathan and Abiram got upset because they were from Reuben and they grabbed a hold of Korah and they tried to make their own type religion mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then when in Exodus 32, whose side you on? The Levites came behind Moses. And then from that point on, they replaced the firstborn. I think as in Numbers, he explains that. He says, well, now I have the, I have the Levites. They're my firstborn now that inherit me. Uh, I'm looking for a people to preach the gospel here mm-hmm. and then I'm going to use a kingdom of priesthood. And now we have the church, you know, for this day and age. And then he's going back, of course, to Israel. But if you look in uh, Acts chapter two, um, there's a point where he says uh, it, they were pricked in their heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. What were they, they? The word prick means there's something about Paul was struggling. It's hard against kick against the pricks. What's the, your own stuff? You're struggling inside. And uh, the next thing out of Acts, it says they weren't looking to get saved as far as salvation. They were looking to save yourselves from this on two word generation. Get away from these people. Yeah. Not all Israel's Israel. Yeah, right. There's, and it there's says, an it, Israel, it, says you know. it clearly in Romans. Yes. Um, although Israel be the sand of the sea, there's only a few that are saved. So yes. even Israel proper, there's only a remnant, a very small portion of Israel that are truly saved. Yes. And um, it talks about us who are believers. We're not genetic Israel, but we are spiritual Israel. We're the Israel of God. Sure. It talks about in, in Galatians. Now, um, the sacrificial system and that blood, it said that that blood will atone for their, their sins and that that law was going to be their righteousness. So someone would, you know, would argue that God said, mm-hmm. if we take his word literally, he said that, you know, this do and you will live. Mm-hmm. But how to live, your terms on live, are you talking about breathing? Are you talking about uh, to be or not to be for the whole distance? Or are you talking about to live for something? 
Well, I, you know, I would I would just say that that would play into the, the role of, uh, you know, he that hath the son hath life, you live, mm-hmm. came to give you life and life more abundantly. So I would think the implication would be both, if you do my law, you'll go in and possess the land. So physically and spiritually, they would prosper if they did the law. Right, but it was by faith that they were going to, the law's given, they got to exercise faith in what God said or say, why should I do that? Who's he? And, and ultimately, in, in following the law, did they ever really follow the law? No. We have instances of that where they it didn't. was a schoolmaster to lead well, them to Christ. Yeah, they never did the sabbatical year. They never did that for the whole time they're in the land until yeah. the Babylonian captivity, and they, they came back. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing, uh, you know, we were preaching through Nehemiah. Uh, they never did the Feast of Tabernacles for 1,000 years. Yeah, Nehemiah. They did yeah. it from Joshua till Nehemiah. They didn't keep that part of the law. Mm. And, then, uh, and I've they, never seen one time. I don't, I'm now talking about feasts. They always miss the Feast of the Weeks. I don't know if you ever noticed. I've never seen the Feast of the Weeks be done. And then I realized something reading through the book. They missed Pentecost. Because mm-hmm. we, Feast of the Weeks is Pentecost. They missed okay. Pentecost because they didn't believe. Mm-hmm. You know? Which I think myself, this is just me. I mean, it's my opinion that the rapture's on Pentecost. That's just me. You don't have to think that yeah. at all. Yeah. But, um, and so that would mean they'd miss it. And they do. Israel doesn't hit the doesn't get the rapture, and we see when David was you know? king, the man after God's own heart, yeah. that um, the tabernacle was shut up for times. Yes, there, there was no sacrificial system going on. Yeah. So how does that um, happen? Babylonian captivity. Yeah. So how did those people well care, they, care for it? What I used to use is God okay. is I, this is how I used to bring it up, and God wanted obedience rather than sacrifice. So they're they're by their obedience of of trying the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how they. That's how they would uh, get through that. Uh, but there's still no substance going on to the uh, the Ark of the Covenant. That's what uh, they're well, still. If you argue that you they physically had to do those sacrifices and that blood would atone for their sins, then you can't. You can. You can't have one. And yeah, you know, and the other not be there. Uh, but we have different scriptures talking about the symbolism in the Old Testament. Not talk about Hebrews because Hebrews tells us these are types, shadows figures of him that was to come. Mm-hmm. So these were all demonstrations and illustrations of uh, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world mm-hmm. later on. So as they followed these, it was just demonstrating that there's going to be a sacrifice. Um, you know, in Hebrews talks about the blood of bulls and goats can never take away sin, and they were continually offered up. Uh, but here, here are some scripture verses from the Old Testament, Psalms 51. Thou desirest not sacrifice, or else I'd give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Amos 5, 21 and 22. I hate, I despise your feast days. Mm-hmm. I will not smell your solemn feasts. Though ye offer to me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them, neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Hosea 6, 6. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Um, we can turn to Isaiah 1, 2. It says basically the same thing the whole chapter. Yep. Well, if you go back into the Leviticus, which he sets up the ceremonial law, the Levites are going to be responsible for worship. Now, if you want to worship God, 
you got to do it his way. You can't do it your own way. That's the problem with the church today. They, they, they think they can worship them any way they want. Right. And then all the craziness starts, you know, rock and roll, bringing it into the church, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. bringing the world into the church. They think they can do it. Oh, well, you worship God your way. And I'll worship. No, you will not worship him any way right. you want. You'll be in spirit and truth. They, they were to follow know? him after due order. Yeah. So if you look in Leviticus and you get to the get to the sacrifices in Leviticus, the way he brings it up, he says in uh, uh, verse number three, if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He goes through the whole thing with him, but the first part he says, if he's going to, if an offering. And then in uh, chapter two with the meat offering, he, he comes up and when any will offer a meat offering. You had to do the burn offering first and the meat offering. But you'll notice it's always like a free will thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask if you yeah, an if thing. Well, it's like turning around. Isn't there a lot of if and then thens? Yes, in, of course, conditional. Mm-hmm. It's conditional the whole time. Uh, who's going to do that? I mean, uh, how many people are going to offer up the sacrifice of praise? How many people are going to go out and witness of Jesus Christ without faith first? How are you going to walk out there and right. do it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if it, 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 no matter what, whether it's, uh, the, the hardest part with the Old Testament is you're dealing with a place, and in the, uh, once the temple's there. But once you're in the New Testament, it's, not, it's about a person. It's all a person, mm-hmm. not, not, not about the uh, going to the place. Hey, let's go down to the temple. We'll figure this out. Right. Well, it's going to hurt. And, and yeah. Dan, Daniel prayed towards Jerusalem. Sure. Yeah. You know, you know yeah, I, but I was just going to say that, that mankind has always been like that from the very beginning, always looking for a some a substitute for faith in a person. Amen. And so that's why you have all your denominations. Everybody's being baptized. Everybody's going through catechism. Everybody's, you know, joining the church or whatever, going through the motions or hand, hanging up a, a medallion of some kind because man's basic nature is to substitute. Mm-hmm you know, what he thinks is necessary rather than what God said. So even the Old Testament, Isaiah talks about Abraham being redeemed. Genesis, it talks about Jacob being redeemed. Mm. And they look forward to Christ coming. So all the sacrifices were, you know, why do I go to church? Because I'm redeemed. Mm-hmm. Why do I share the gospel? Because I'm redeemed. Mm-hmm. But if I go to church, get baptized, go through the motions and everything else, if I feel like I'm doing on my own, in the Old Testament, as we call it that, that time frame before Christ, the fact is, is they look forward to him coming. Sure. Simeon, my, you know, my, you know, uh, my eyes have seen my well, Lord's uh, salvation. salvation. Yeah. The you know, woman he, that's at the what well. he was looking for. He was in the temple where he's supposed to be. Right. The woman at the well. Right. When Christ comes, he's going to make everything right. Yeah. Right. In in um in all in all actuality too, we have in the New Testament, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is physical. And he's talking about not uh, joining together with a harlot. So mm-hmm. he's talking about your physical body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh and then also we have a physical body of believers as the believers come together and meet in a location. I know it's not the church house, okay? Right. Uh, but that is the place where the saints of God meet. And, uh, and so people can try to work their way to heaven by doing something physical at the church or through a religious denomination, yeah. something tangible. They can worship and make an idol. You can make an idol out of the church. Human yeah. nature hasn't changed from before Christ right. to after Christ. It's still the same. It still has that desire religiously because they know there's something that must be done. There has to be a God somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and mankind is a worshipful creature. You're going to worship something. 
Everybody sure. worships their highest ideal or, you know, something that, that they're after, and we're supposed to worship the person of God. I've got, uh, I've got two verses, mm-hmm. and I think they're, they're similar. So I'll read them both together, and you can tell me what you, what you think. So um, Revelation 13, 8. So it says there, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. <laughs> President Trump, put, why didn't you? Take <laughs> could have put him right on the. We could have asked him. Uh, Revelation thirteen it says, and and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So, okay, what you got? So the crucifixion, <laughs> um, it talks about the uh, angel that preached in Revelation, talks about the everlasting gospel. In 14, right. Um, and then in to compare a parallel verse with that, you can tell, tell me what you think. I think this would line up uh, that we were redeemed now with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers, but but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, Mm -hmm. but was manifest in these last times for you. So Revelation 13, 8, lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Everlasting gospel, and then that lamb that was slain was foreordained from before the world. What um, what do these things mean? Well, when's the world begin? That's number one. There's a difference between obviously world and earth. He mm-hmm. wasn't talking about the planet. He's talking about the the people, the system that's on top of. When does that start? Well, were we the same as we were in the garden? So the world changed, didn't mm-hmm. it? Okay, so when does the world change? Right there at the garden. He brings it up in Job. He says where the cornerstone was set. When's the cornerstone set? Right there in the garden. It's set. And uh, I would assume, now it's just me. Like I said, it must be. I would assume that's where that's he made, had to make the decision right there. It was made just like that. Well, I'm going to go down there and take care of that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the world at the foundation of the world is right there. He's laying a foundation. Oh, you know, and I would think of it this way, is that God is not in time. He is. He's, he's outside. He's separate and apart from yes. time. So before the foundation of the world in eternity, um, the Lord Jesus Christ was slain. And then I would think that on the cross that that was an act of an eternal God. Amen. And so, you know, our, our minds can't um, necessarily wrap ourselves around it, but... Um, I mean that that was that was something outside of time, and it was a decision he made. You know, there's that belief that uh, there was a plan A and a plan B. That Israel first was supposed to receive Christ to make him a king, and when they rejected him, then Plan B was that Jesus was going to die. Go ahead and be crucified. Yes, but those verses tear right into that mm-hmm. from the garden in the beginning of the world. Um, God, you know, was going to send His Son. To pay the price, and that's why in Genesis the third chapter, verse fifteen, it talks about the seed of woman, 
is going to come. So, you know, from the foundation of the world. Now, some would say, well, it's eternity past. He was, you know, it was, well, it says from the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, beginning of the world. So, um, but I'm just saying that if there wasn't plan A and a plan B, it was back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think I did it one time. I was I was already up to like plan J. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> How we've screwed it up, you know, yeah, right, ruined right. it for the Lord, you know, each time. <laughs> we we did it and we were in Romans when he says to, we were studying through Romans and when it when Paul comes in and starts talking in Romans uh, chapter 9, I said, well, man, with this verse, we got to go way back. You know, the Lord starts it here and then it didn't work out. He starts it again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now yeah. I got to do this way. Now I got, and I was going through each piece. And it's just like we got. To, I think we got to like J or something. I had to stop. It was yeah. just like we're keep going and keep going. Well, on this so thing. there'd be that many plans, and essentially, if there's that many plans, there's that many gospels as well. You yeah. think? So what is uh, what does everlasting gospel mean? It already defines it in another verse. What verse is that? Job chapter uh, in Job chapter one. I mean, look. Uh, go to first. Go to uh, in fourteen six of Revelation. You put it out. He said, "Then I saw an angel." fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach this gospel he's going to preach to them that dwell on the earth to every nation and kindred and tongue and people saying here's the preaching here's the gospel with a loud voice fear god comma why comma because everything else is going to be additional to it mm-hmm. he says it's not it, it he says fear god and give glory to him okay uh now let's go to uh, job chapter one And, excuse me, in Job chapter 1, it says that uh, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect A. That's an A-B conversation right there. Perfect A and upright, it would be B, and one that feared God A and eschewed evil B. So A would be uh, to be perfect before God. It's to fear God. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to be upright is to askew evil. That comes second. Mm-hmm. So the faith would be in the fearing of God. And the fear yes. of God is, and I'm afraid of God, it's I can't get away from him. Mm-hmm. Because Moses drew closer to him, the people ran away. Mm-hmm. So it was that faith that it's that faith of fearing God. That's Job's right there. I think the biggest problem that we're going to always run into is because in uh, Romans, he explains it in Romans five. Uh, we know that the old Testament wasn't in place until Exodus chapter 24, verse six. I think it is when uh, he sprinkles the blood because mm-hmm. that's what it says in Hebrews. What was it before that? Well, right. death reigned. It says in Romans chapter five, death reigned until then. I think he's talking about an imputation of this is what it's this is what it costs when you know sin and stuff like that, and that's why death reigned. But there was no total; you didn't have to pay in the system, like. And, and it talks about and what the law could not do. What, yes. what could the law not do? <laughs> sure couldn't. Sure couldn't. Uh, the, the law couldn't save you for one. Right. <laughs> uh, what the law couldn't do. The law couldn't save you. Couldn't redeem you. It could only condemn you. Condemn you and be your schoolmaster to Christ. To yes. lead you to Christ. You need something. Yeah. And, and that's what brought. I mean, look at the rich young ruler. It brought him right there. Yeah. Here he is. You done. You you know the law. Do do the law. You know the law. Yeah. Do it. 
Yeah, so <laughs> Jesus goes ahead and says to these self-righteous, um, well, let me ask you a question. Does it say this in the New Testament or Old Testament? My own righteousness is as filthy rags. <laughs> That's Old Testament. Yes. And so the best that they could do was filthy rags. Um, and, and so Jesus says that to the scribe that asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Uh, he said, uh, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. He said, yeah, this do and live. I <laughs> said, so what do you need me for? He can just go ahead and do that. And, of course, if the scribe followed that, he would be pointed right directly to Christ. Uh, and then with the rich young ruler. You want me to give you the argument? Well. Yes. Okay. Yes, please. Please, please. All right, because I used to give that's that. That's what you're here for. <laughs> The argument in there is going to always be, and I, I've, I've met some guys who can really do it well. They very well de debate it. Uh, the Old Testament's going to talk about a righteousness, mm -hmm. and righteousness and sinlessness are two different things. And they're going to say uh, he was saved by his righteousness, and uh, and not the not for the you know the payment of sin. They're going to actually say that his righteousness is what saves him, because even Abraham was imputed unto him for righteousness. But what they're going to miss is. And, and the best part is the gifts you miss, the be the blessings you miss. You got a guy named Adam's in the garden, right? And he sins. Something's happened to him. He mm -hmm. knows something's wrong. So he goes in the, he goes and he starts making up his uh, own way to heaven. See, religion is God trying to get is man trying to get to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, you know, uh, redemption is God coming down. Salvation is God coming to man. Right. Okay. Uh, so we have it backwards. So you get into religion. Well. Uh, Adam turns around, he starts making up his own religion, starts getting his apron, fig leaves, you know, uh -huh. fig leaves, put them uh -huh. together, get his own apron. I think the biggest faith thing he ever had there was when the Lord starts making his own coats for him and says, uh, no, that's no good. You got, you got to put on my righteousness. What I bought, what I got here for you. So Adam has to actually say, okay, get rid of this stuff. Get rid of his own self-righteousness yes. and, and it can be clothed in another's righteousness. Yes. And there's his, that's a big part, I think, of him. He had to get rid of his righteousness. And, and what is the righteousness of the saints? The righteousness of the saints. I've been through that a hundred times, and I'm still stupid on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my righteousness is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to be clothed in Him, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm putting on that, putting on this, uh, the new man. Jacob and Esau were struggling inside. One's the old man. One's the new man. Mm -hmm. Rebecca's a church. Yeah, and I'm I, I gotta I, I want to put on I want to put on uh, Jesus Christ righteousness, right? You know. So I, so what is? I was uh, just gonna say my question would be, having had some experience in that realm, when it yeah. talks about the quotation of the Old Testament, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, yeah, and some of those other ones, and yet turn around with with Abraham and saying it was a he believed God and it was imputed on him for righteousness. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how do they? allow them to agree and it wasn't complete it was what they'll say until uh james chapter 2 verse what 21 what he offered up isaac it wasn't completed until he opened uh, offered up isaac which is about 17 what 17 18 years later yeah and that'd be a then tough salvation day, wasn't complete because then he believed in the resurrection because yeah. he he believed that um isaac could be resurrected even if he killed him and then, and then he said, uh, God will provide himself a lamb. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what would you say in um, Second Second Peter where it says the things that the prophets could not look into? They say that they were preaching about salvation, but they just they didn't know about it. Understand. But they knew there was a, they knew there that was the Lord that was there. They knew the Lord was going to send a redeemer. Okay. 
and they knew that that Redeemer was going to be, you know, I mean, it's been talked about and talked about and talked about and brought down the line. It's the one thing that keeps coming and keeps coming without even Scripture. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they talked about the, the, the Redeemer coming, and they didn't know all the details, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Well, that's no different. Now, we look back in retrospect and see the details to Christ's coming, his death, the resurrection. But when it comes to the second coming, I mean, how many things are we fall short of knowing about? Oh, sure. You know, when is he going to come and what's going to happen and, you know, what, you know, all the questions we may have. So after Christ comes a second time, everyone is this going to be around time. after he came the second time, like, what are you guys thinking? I mean, that was plain <laughs> as day. <laughs> right? right, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, your, your microphone, you get a little, pull it a little closer to you, but um, I got you pretty hot on here so i got this one i got this one for you ezekiel 18 okay 20. okay so right here it tells us that they could lose their salvation because it says the soul that sinneth it shall die okay well that's the soul okay okay the let's son go. shall not bear the iniquity of the father neither the father bear the iniquity of the son the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him that the wicked will turn from his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then it goes on to say down further at the righteous turn and do wickedness, he's going to die down here further mm -hmm. on. When yeah. a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth an iniquity, and dieth in them for his iniquity that he had done, shall he die? So what's it talking about? Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I love I love actually getting into that verse, but not for the same reasons. We're actually on a different subject because mm -hmm. it says the soul shall die, and I go whoa. Mm -hmm. And of course they'll say you know uh, there's two types of books in the Bible. There's two types of books that are talked about in the Bible. One is the book of life, and the one is the book of book of the living. Okay. And uh, everybody gets them so confused because they'll say, well, one book is a book of life. You can be written in and out of it. And then the other book is the book of Lamb's book of life. That's the one we're in. Now, there's two books. It's the book of life, and it's the book of the living under heaven. And when you got born, you got bo you're in the book of the living under heaven. And when you die, you'll be, writ you'll be right out of that book. How do you know? Because it brings it up. Mm -hmm. Write their name out of the book that's under heaven. And then the other book, you're not getting written out. Why? Because if God saved you, he can't save you unperfectly. Uh, the biggest problems I, I always found dealing with uh, that is uh, I was, uh, you know, you're smart enough to, to overwhelm people. And you know yourself, all you got to do is talk over them. That's what they learn in debates anyway. Just talk over them. And, and if you'll notice, guys who are very strong. It's like the first presidential debate. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they teach them to do with even Jehovah Witness, talk over you and talk over you and talk over you. Yeah. And that way, you know, they get there and then they think they're satisfied. And that's what I used to do, too, is just talk over them and uh, and and leave no matter what. It's no different than any debate. Nobody leaves a debate going, I lost, I got crushed. Right. You know, they're going to believe what they want to believe afterwards mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of foolish. Mm -hmm. I don't really like debates. Uh, if Everybody it's a, wins in yeah. their mind. Yeah. Yes, and the other portion is, um, you know, I, one of the big things I, I usually say now, and guys will say to me, they'll say, well, how is an Old Testament saint saved? And I'll say, well, you got one in here? 
You know, I mean, we see things dark in darkly. You know, mm-hmm. we can't see. Uh, it, my my salvation is dependent on Jesus Christ, and uh, and 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 it's faith without anything else. It's just by faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can see that clearly because my soul depended on it. But to go back and say, well, how's this guy saved back then? And to think you're an expert, uh, you're not. Your life's not on the line. Your salvation is on the line. Theirs was. So let's just listen to what they say after a while. Listen to the man who has it in his heart, what he wants to do. And you're going to find all the time a guy on the side of the road getting saved just like they are today. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with, hey, man, how are the commandments doing for you? Right. Are you almost there yet? Yeah. And and I'd like to see the verse that when a guy's bringing a sacrifice where God says, that's enough, don't bring any more. You could take all the animals on this planet and you could sacrifice every single animal. I don't care if you're in the New Testament, basically Old Testament, and you still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. I was one time on the Temple Mount and we asked the guide there, you know, on a a day when they were coming in for a, um, to sacrifice the animals, how many would be, sacrificed on a special day he said 60,000 60,000 you think that would cover if it was cover if it was washing away sin you think it wash away a lot of it but can you imagine the rivers of blood in 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 the old testament too you have again and again and again people's awakening to the Lord, introduction to the Lord. Abraham in early Chaldees, he's an idol worshiper. God comes to him, okay? Um, Isaac, the same way. I'm the God of that father, Abraham. Jacob and uh, Bethel, you know, goes sleep on a rock. He gets introduced to God. From there, you know, and these these saints are growing, in, in they're going from faith to faith. Um, and then you have Moses. He, know, he even knows what God, you know, wants for him to do. But he's not introduced to God until he's 80 years old at the burning bush. And then from there, he has that personal relationship. I think of Samuel in the temple, um, that Eli even recognizes that God is trying to talk to you. Say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And it says right there that Samuel knew not yet the Lord. Um, And so there is is a similar, well, you know, um, in John chapter number 3, if I said... um, was Nicodemus Old Testament or New Testament? How was he supposed to get safe? You must be born again. Yeah. You're a master in Israel and you know not these things. And so he's saying, it tells you right in the law, you must be born again. Um, and so he was supposed to be familiar with this awakening. Um, how about this? Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that... When his souls is when wise. His souls is wise. Yep. So that was a long time before Pentecost. Amen. Uh, you know, Daniel 12, 2, is it? You know, then they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many, many to righteousness as the stars forever. Uh, so even soul winning itself, maybe not in the Great Commission capacity that we have today, but turning others to Christ or turning others to the, you know, to the Messiah, to the one that was to come, what John the Baptist was doing, uh, was was an Old Testament concept. Mm. Yeah. That's why I, I keep on going back to the idea that the reason we have so many different directions going is because we've bifurcated or divided the Bible 
in books. Mm-hmm. And we, we, for example, use the expression Old Testament. No, it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's in the, it, you know, it's in Romans. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Yeah, in, in mm-hmm. a, yeah, and, and again, here, I, I have it written down here. So 73% Old Testament, your King James Bible. Uh, half of the New Testament quotes are Old Testament. They're quoting the Old Testament. So it makes your Bible 80, 88% Old Testament. Yeah. Basically, yes. And, and, and so... Um, to to, to di- divide it to the place we're saying, well, that's... Old Testament, and, like throw it away. It's not that. And if important. you if you look if you look up the word divide in the Bible, it's equally portioned out. For instance, when the Lord was dividing the bread among His disciples, He's He's taking a piece of the same. So if it's the same gospel uh, from Genesis three fifteen, and then every dispen- every time there's a dispensation, there's a dispensing of, of more truth. of the Word yeah. of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already agreed that. Uh, Adam and Eve couldn't articulate that Christ was going to hang on a tree and that he was, you know, he was going to, you know, he's going to shed his blood, that he was going to be buried three days, rise again, sit at the right hand of the Father. But they uh, did know Genesis 3.15. Right. That the seed of woman. And so they believed. They knew know, that, yes. And they knew there was going to be a son by the scripture, right, you right. know. Which they thought was Seth, yeah. What is his son's name? And and to, so we are, we are uh, held responsible and uh, according to the word which we were given. So if you said today, well, I believe on Christ, but I don't believe that he died, buried, and rose again, then... Trouble. Yes, because that that revelation has been given. Yes. Uh, And so we see in every time period of man's history, um, you know, whether whether you're going to... You know, I would say that I'm a you know a leaky dispensationalist, meaning I believe that there's different time periods of responsibility, different economies. So you have you do have uh, Adam and Eve in a garden. Think about this: Adam and Eve in a garden um, when they, she was asked by Satan. She she said um, he said, "Yea, hath God said that you shall not." You know, she eat of every tree of the garden. She actually changed God's word. Yes. Which that's a sin. But it wasn't then because it wasn't, there was no command not to change God's word. There was one command, and that was not to eat of that tree. Well, it could have been her husband that turned around and told her to don't even touch that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but in every time period up until the millennium, you see that they can go to Jerusalem and see Jesus Christ face to face. So they know even more than we do. <laughs> but yet there's still some unbelievers. They had to be pretty smart. I mean, he named 70,000 animals and he even told them about what was going to happen with marriage. He said, you leave your mother and a father. What's a mother and a father? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a belly button. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody goes right past that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. I, I never even thought of that one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, you have anything? You have any other? Um, what arguments are we missing here? Um, well, uh, I, you know, a whole. You have to understand it. It's with that. We have to realize something, and I, and I, I bring this up. I'm not going to see that much with you guys because of uh, especially not with my, myself and Tim because we're getting to that age. You know, we're over fifty. But um, just over fifty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I usually find is younger guys. And I, I hope nobody takes this wrong out there. But uh, younger preachers, they, 
they, they, there's a difference. You can see the difference between older preachers and younger preachers. Older preachers seem to just sit there on Jesus Christ. And that's all they want to talk about is Jesus Christ. And the younger mm-hmm. preachers seem to want to talk about everything else. And if we would just get back to Jesus Christ, we'd yeah. probably do a lot better. You think quirk, you're t- talking about quirky things, like co- yeah, coffee, you know, coffee shop theology type yeah, stuff. Yeah, type like that. And they want to make it like, let's go on the, you know, uh, let's debate this or let's do this or let's, do, you know, and, and it's great. Like if we're doing this together, I mean, no, nobody's going to really want to watch this podcast unless they're already uh, saved, uh, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's the same thing with worship. Nobody's going to worship God unless they're already saved. Mm-hmm. So why make it appealing to an unsaved person so they can sit in yeah. your service and never get saved? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. uh, you want to worship God, come down to the church. Why? That's where he is. He's in the midst of the church, you know, in the local church, actually. That's where he's working. How do you know? Revelation chapter two, verse one, it says, Jesus, he's in the midst of the candlesticks. What's that? The candlesticks are churches. They were local churches, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so, and and we see today, even with this, uh, the new parts of COVID and all that stuff, everybody thinks they can meet God at their house and I can stay home. I can don't have to go. Hey man, you're reading the, how readest thou? Jesus is the church. He's in the church. Guess what? When he's saying not forsaking, he's already in it. He's saying don't go leaving it. Mm-hmm. So why ain't they there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, but, hey, but that was written to Hebrews, man. That yeah, that's only Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think, I think, Doc, what you do many times when you make mention of the fact that if you listen to a lot of uh, live streams that have been recorded in churches and listen to a lot of message, but, you know, in his car or wherever the case, but never once did he ever feel when he got done listening to a message like he'd been to church. No, he'll never. Yeah, and right. I, I, yeah. It's that breath. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The breath, the facial features, everything mm-hmm. down the line. You know, you can't. You can't. And 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 that's that's what uh, makes me leery about go, you know government making us wear our our face burkas and um <laughs> and keeping us from each other, isolated away from each other. And like, what what are they trying to pull? Because they know that there there's a force. There is a strength, and there's a there is um a synergy when people gather themselves together. And then the churches, we're gathering together, uh, you know, spirit, soul, and body mm. as we come together in the church house. And I hear this again and again and again as people come out of the woodwork, um, come out of their houses, they say it's so much different to be in church than to watch oh, yeah. just on live stream. It's so much different. Of course. Yes. It's just that, you know, I mean, I have a spirit inside of me and you have a spirit inside of you. And uh, God's spirit work from your preaching to me. Your, that God's spirit is going to work with my spirit and work mm-hmm. off that word. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And it's right there. It's you're sitting at home. Hey, I'm sitting at home and I'm watching. But I can tell you what. There's also my belly. I got to deal with. Hey, I can get up and get something to drink. You know, I, well, he'll be still talking. You know, in a few minutes. I can't do that in the church house. No. I'm very more attentive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I might have to go to the bathroom or something mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, I know these preachers that like I'm important. You don't need to go to bath. It's not personal, dude. It's really it's body functional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to go. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is just something different about being there and hearing it. Absolutely. Uh, tell me how many of the great messages you ever heard uh, you heard online, or that, you know, that changed your life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think your life has changed incrementally too. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's unnoticeably. It's kind of like when your kid is growing; it's not like they woke up and they were a foot taller the next day. It, yeah. But it's actually, you know, you you uh, you measuring line, you bring them up to that line again, like whoa, because right. it was six months later, and they that they growth. grew three inches. Sure. 
And uh, it's, you know, it's an incremental growth that happens inside um, in the New Testament church. So um, I do, I was going to ask you this. So Hebrews chapter number six. Okay. Hebrews th- six. Those Hebrews could lose their salvation. There no, it Hebrews. didn't say it. So they, it's talking about partaking of the heavenly gift. Okay. There's a lot of, you know, I've tasted of the heavenly gift. Okay. Uh, what's the heavenly gift? Uh, are we talking about manna? That went away. Mm-hmm. You know what I got to say? What's the heavenly yes. gift? Uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost uh-huh. is thought differently. Uh, there's two instances. He, Jesus even told them uh, up in the upper room, he said, uh, I'm going to leave you now, but I'm bringing a comforter. He said, and he would be uh, with you and in you. Mm-hmm. So there's two different things. He's gonna, there's a ceiling of the Holy Ghost. And then, of course, there's the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is that pouring down of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and when you get that, what would you be? You'll be a witness for me. Uh-huh. You will be a witness yeah, and I, to those I, I'd things. I'd agree, too, in Hebrews chapter number 6, they were enlightened by the Holy Spirit, meaning that the, um, you can explain to somebody intellectually the gospel, and they can get it intellectually and not believe, but they can understand what you were saying. Because yeah. I've gone through the gospel. It's, it's yeah. pretty simplistic. Sure. You're a sinner. Christ died for your sin. Yeah. Uh, you know, he offers you salvation, and you can receive him as your Savior. So you won't go to, do you understand it? Yes, I do. But they kind of look at it like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it, though. I, under, I, well, believe, I can understand it here. But I think in Hebrews 6, where it's talking about uh, your understanding open, the Holy Spirit is there, and he, dem- he demonstrates to you spiritually Jesus Christ crucified on the cross, and that you know that that is the truth. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you're, you know, you're witnessing to somebody, and you almost see yourself in the third person because you know the Holy Ghost is using you. You know, yeah. well, let me just say that whenever I witness to anybody and somebody's not interested, if I say if I could take the Bible and show you how you could know for sure if you died today you go to heaven, would you do what the Bible says? And they say, well, I'm not sure. And I said, well, will you consider it? Now the purpose I'm asking them to consider it so I can go through the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. They're intellectually getting it, so at least they ha- understand the gospel. Because maybe sometime down the road, the Holy Spirit will take that scripture and impress upon them. And that leads me to the next George Joseph, who was uh, in prison down on the island of Grenada, who I got to know. And you probably met, I'm not sure. Yeah, I met him. But he was saved there. And what was happening when the, the communists were taking over the island of Grenada, they were, he was up on top of that, that pinnacle where that. Uh, the prison is there. He had murdered his sister with a with a machete, um, and he's ready to be hung. And they're just waiting for that day to come along. And he's up there, and he's standing there watching a gathering of communists down in a sports arena, not like a sports arena we know, but you know plywood walls all the way around it. And they're singing a song. They'd taken a gospel song and converted some of the words. And the song was, when the roll is called up yonder, will you be there, was the chorus. But they had different words. But when your roll is called up yonder, George Joseph remembered when he was a kid that song and what it meant. When the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? He got down on his knees, he said, and asked Jesus Christ to forgive his sons, sins, save him. And he still believed he was going to hang in the next room someday. But... It was what was in his mind that the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit brought back and that understanding. Salvations of the Lord. The Lord that yeah. was the day that the Holy Spirit showed up and drove home the gospel. Mm-hmm. We had a lady saved um, recently here in our church. She's going to get baptized here sometime soon. Uh, but she was, she, her husband got saved. They've been married for 20 years, got saved six months after they were saved. After and married. has been coming to this church, um, not super 
regularly, but he's been married to his wife, who's a Roman Catholic. Well, she came on a Sunday morning service three months ago, maybe. We had a bunch of people baptized on the service. It was a good service here at church, but man, the Lord woke her up in the middle of the night, and mm-hmm. it was like time to do business with the Lord. And she received Christ like in the middle of the night, uh, and it was like a holy, you know, Holy Spirit <laughs> said, "Hey, I got your number. Now yeah. is the time." And so, so people ask, you know, ask me, well, what? Um, or you ask, well, could you? said no to the Lord. I said, well, I, I don't know. But when he showed up at my door, I said, yes. <laughs> I said no and, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, he, Hebrews 6, I believe that's what it's talking about. How come Hebrews and James is for us? What do you, uh, Hebrews and James is for us? Because James is 12 tribes scattered abroad. Hebrews is, you're not a Hebrew. Obviously. How can you, can, how can you say that to me that I has, I'm not supposed to forsake assembling myself together? <laughs> that's for Hebrews. Yeah. When you, a lot of times, like I, I got into a, I always go to the op order, op order. You know, you're a military guy, and as an officer, I get an op order, and that op order would have all this stuff in it, but there would be like subordinate instructions. Okay, now most I would come back to the NCOs and I'd say, "Hey, look, you gave us this op order when I was. Uh, we uh, we got a. This is our deal. This is our mission and everything." And uh, a young lieutenant would probably come back and think we got to do the whole op order. And then you get the sergeant who's been in for 20 years. It turns around, he's, hey, dummy, let me get, give me that. <laughs> he goes, no, this is what we do right here in the subordinate condition. This is what we're responsible for. But if I was to just take what we're responsible for, and that was all I had, and that's all we were going to do, and that's it, well, somebody has to know the bigger picture of why mm-hmm. we're doing this and understand the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, when somebody says, but it all isn't written uh, for us, or so, yes, it was, because it's a gift of God, and it sure is for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, you're not taking that away, but it's not applying to you. Well, man, God sure talked to me through and it. And is profitable. Yes. Yeah. It's profitable. Right. And you learn a lot, you know. Like Yes, and so, you know, it's um, it's kind of like somebody said, well, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not a legalist. I said, well, what are you, an illegalist? illegalist? <laughs> and so what, which one of the commandments you want to do away with? Murder? You want to go out and kill people? Uh, how about adultery? Well, Jesus Let's never talk to your wife about Sabbath. that and see what she thinks. <laughs> you know, Jesus never mentioned the Sabbath after that. He right. mentioned no. all the commandments. He never so, mentioned because so he's our Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. Yes. He is our rest. Um, and But all the other nine are mentioned in, yeah. in the New Testament. And then, of course, the Lord added to them. Uh, you know, so you take the Sermon on the Mount and say, well, this is, that's for the millennium, man. That's, that's kingdom rules. That don't apply to you, Kirk. <laughs> um, and so you say, okay, so I can, I can look on a woman to lust after her in my heart. It's fine because it's not for me. <laughs> it's you not know, for like, me. You know, know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, we, the, think about the biggest, uh, the biggest day they have in the Old Testament is the, is the Passover. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they, right. everybody celebrated, Passover, Passover. You see it in the Bible. But, it, you know, you, you look, let's go back to the event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, kids, yeah, you can put a kid in a room, put blood over top, don't leave the room. Mm-hmm. But the kids were okay anyway, you know. They just, yeah. they they were sanctified. You know, the kids didn't know anything. Right. He told you that in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking at the adults, you'd have to you'd have to actually talk to an adult to get them in that room. And what do we, why do we have to be in there? Well, you know, the death angel's coming by, and we got to have his blood up there. Oh, what's the blood for? 
it's just blood of a goat, you know, or blood of a, excuse me, a blood of a lamb. We have to put it up there. And he said, and the kids started, an older person is going to question that. So they have to actually have, going to have to have faith mm -hmm. to get in that room. But once they're in that room and the, the death angel comes by, he's not going in that room to kill anybody. So good person or bad person in that room, it doesn't matter. But now I'm in the room. Uh, here's, here's me and brother Tim. We're in the room. And, uh, and Tim turns around and says, look at that food on the table. And he goes over. He got the unleavened bread. And he starts eating. Well, I don't eat. I'm not eating that bread. I don't want it. I think it's terrible or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay? Am I still alive? Am, yeah. is, am I yeah. still passed over? Mm -hmm. Is the blood still saving me? Mm -hmm. But I didn't have to partake. So the partaking of that work and sitting down at the table and even the fellowship had nothing to do with my salvation. salvation right. My salvation was through the trusting mm -hmm. of that blood that was above that door stop, right. that door and, man, and, on that door and, mantle. And your belief uh, was first, and then it was followed by your action. Mm -hmm. and, and we see the same relationship with uh, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ today and action following that. And, and that's what... Um, you know, I'd put it like this. If I said that this roof is going to fall in on our heads in the next 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 14, 13, 12, if you guys believe me, we're you'd out be here. out the door. Yeah. If you were in disbelief, <laughs> you would, it would not affect you outwardly. And so we, we see that relationship, I think, Old Testament and New Testament, um, the same. You know, in Pentecost, the 3,000 were saved. They were baptized. They were added unto the church. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say in uh, when Peter's preaching at Pentecost, when he said, believe and be baptized, it was understood that any, any Jews who would um, convert uh, from to Judaism would have to get baptized. You know, as John preached the baptism of repentance, um, it was just understood that if you believe, you're going to get baptized. But that's what, what it says in verse 41. Yeah, it's they received the word and then were baptized. Right. And, and so it was just a given that if you're going to believe something and be converted, you're going to, baptism is going to be evidenced by that. Sure. Well, I wonder what word it's talking about there. They that gladly received his word. Was that, that New Testament? That, yeah. <laughs> that John 3 16 he was preaching? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. He could. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and so we do see, we see the relationship to the law in the Old Testament. Uh, the, the law did not um, give them righteousness. It actually uh, crushed them. It says in Acts chapter number 15, that why would we put the Gentiles under this yoke that neither our fathers were able to bear? Nobody in the Old Testament was able to bear the law. Nobody was able sure. to put that on their shoulders. Uh, the law just demonstrated that there, there was something missing, and what was missing is they needed a savior. You lacked one thing. Mm -hmm. That's what he said to the, you lacked one With thing. One thing thou lackest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you're doing, you know, here I am. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. lack one thing. And he went away sorrowful. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, it comes back to even guys, uh, you go back in David's life and you have, uh, you have Amnon and then you have Absalom. And Abnon goes, he rapes his sister. And then he, uh, his brother kills Amnon. And uh, Amnon, he, he's a dog, obviously. And, uh, but one thing you don't realize is that David, who's, let's face it, he's a smart man. Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. He was a saved man. But he was comforted. He was okay with Amnon's death. Mm -hmm. 
but he wasn't okay with Absalom's death. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, so what I'm, I mean, just by a man, like in my own family, you know, because I'm not a guy who was, I wasn't brought up in Christianity. This was all a new thing. I was the first one saved in my, not just in my regular family, I was in my whole family, you know, uncles and, and, uncles and, and aunts and grandparents, and nobody in my family was saved. I thought they all were. When I got saved, I thought they all were saved. I was the only dumb one out of the bunch. I was like, hey, I got it now. I thought, wow, I walked into my family, told them, said, hey, you know, I got saved too. And they were like, what? What's it? <laughs> but <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> going into my family and then starting it right off the bat, and I'm just like, hey, look, this is a, this thing and that thing. And the, oh, wow, uh, they're not saved. Um, they're not saved. Mm. Uh, they're, 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 they try to do things to get saved, but they're not saved. Yeah, yeah. I just, it hmm. just catches me like that. Hmm. Uh, and I got, when I got saved, you know, I, I didn't get saved in a church house. I, I, I went to one, but I didn't believe the guy. I didn't believe what he was saying. I didn't, I thought he, I, you know, I thought he was, I, I knew the plan of salvation. I went to churches. I went to Baptist churches, everything. And uh, I saw the plan and I even told people about it, but I just wouldn't trust myself until, uh, uh, I went home and some guy caught me at the door just before I left the church and he uh, he turned around and told me I was going to hell and I said, I'll be back tonight. You and I are going to have to talk. And uh, I was coming back. I was actually going to come back that night and beat that guy up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was upset, you know, it really caught me. And then I went home. By I went home, it was about 1230 and I didn't go to my house. I went to my mom's house. And uh, when I went to my mom's house, I sat there and she left and I was by myself and I was just, I had all these tracks in front of me and stuff. And I just started reading, I was reading them and then I realized, I said, you know what, this is what I need. And I can remember, uh, all I could think of is, is that guy that said to me, you know, if the, if, if you want the Lord, he wants you. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, what? He wants me. What would he want out of me? And I couldn't see somebody saying, Hey, you want the Lord? Uh, well, he's got these two tablets that are inside that box back there. And uh, guess what? You got to go get yourself a lamb or I'd have been like, well, I'm not going out in that field. Mm -hmm. But after I got saved, I go out in that field. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because you had the motivation now yeah. to worship God. You know, uh, you know and, and you can see there's some guys that are zealots, you know, and uh, there's, you know, I mean, come on, Simon is a lodi, Sons of Thunder, and Peter, they're all zealous about mm -hmm. things. And even the Lord was zealous. He got zealots around them. Yeah, we're all crazy, run through things, you know, mm -hmm. jump out mm -hmm. of boats or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was that tight. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I'm a zealot tight. And, uh, uh, you know, so I mess up the world every time. I, when I got saved, <laughs> I start messing up the world. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is, uh, and I'll give my, my wife's testimony when we were in college. Uh, she was working for a uh, medical doctor, and he was Jewish. And she knew that I was going to school to, to pastor someday. And so he would ask questions about it, and uh, she would tell him, you know, things we did, like going knocking on doors, talking to people about the Lord. And he said, well, and one day he said, okay, let's practice. Let me hear what you have to say. He shut his door, his office door, said, you knock on my door, and I'll answer it like I'm answering it in my house. She knocked, opened the door, my name is, and went through and gave him, gave him the gospel. And when he got down to drawing the net, he just said, okay, thanks, I appreciate you, let me know which <laughs> got there. And then it must have, 
you know, fomented in his mind or whatever, because another, another day, I don't know how long after that or whatever, he said, uh, hey, Marianne, why don't, why don't we uh, go get a lamb and, and go out in the side field over here and we'll sacrifice that lamb? And she said, well, I already have a sacrifice. I don't need no." <laughs> I mean, I think they know in their heart. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it's got to be when they say yes to Amen. Christ or to that sacrifice. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, you guys have any uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I know. I'm not really. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I we can cover some thoughts, basics. My closing thought is this. Mm-hmm. Look at the whole Bible. Genesis all the way through Revelation. Stop this. Well, that's Old Testament. Where does it say that? The reason it says Old and New Testament is because somebody added a page to your Bible. Mm-hmm. That's the New Testament. Right. It's God's Word. Right. Well, just like well, you said, Gen- 88, 88% of the New Testament is influenced or a direct quotation from the previous books. So yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I, I would I would stress to people, even young guys who want to worry about Old Testament salvation, they want to worry about the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, they want to worry about, you know, the the all the soul stuff or whatever. I think one of the things to really uh, to think about is uh, you want to be adamant about this stuff and you want to be uh, worried so much about these type of things. Uh, are your standards and then your convictions, are they going to, when you go through the judgment seat of Christ, are they going to be coming out on the other side? Mm-hmm. Are your standards and are your convictions, are they going to come out on the other side of the judgment seat of Christ after the Lord has dealt with you? Or will we be standing in the ashes? Yes. And if they, I mean, if your convictions are going to make you, are, are going to cut to the other side of that, seat yeah by all means by all means stress them mm-hmm. but if not then why don't you knock it off right mm-hmm. yeah it's good yeah well that's been a good uh good podcast gentlemen uh pastor delaney pastor kirk what did i do now how can how can people find you you are uh, you, uh, you facebook live yeah I'm, we're on facebook at bible baptist church at governor mm-hmm. um and I'm also on Facebook, just my name. Uh, I have my name and my wife's name. Hopefully they don't censor so. you, man. Uh, what's my to censor? I got no <laughs> audience anyway. <laughs> I came, I'm a, just a, we got a, just a country bumpkin church with Amen. just a, you know, country bumpkin people. And, and yeah, Brother Kirk just does a good job. He's been there f- how many years? years? Eight years. Eight Congratulations. Years, yeah. I remember, man, him just, just getting started out there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like that long ago. Yeah, it's two signs and a Bible. And and he's that's just it. been faithful, faithful, faithful to those people up there in Governor and uh, right there in town. And then, uh, Dad, um, people can find you. What's the website there? Heritage. Are you Her- are you still doing those daily devotionals too? I am. Yes. You can find them on the website Heritage Baptist mm-hmm. Church of Palmyra. Yeah. Yes, and um, so I hope you enjoyed this, everybody who listened. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, of course, we have the YouTube channel, Pastoral Thoughts channel, then uh, the podcast, and we got some epi- uh, exciting episodes coming up, and you can find uh, more information at pastorjack.org. God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful day.